Welcome to Scale and Bail with John Woolley and Ben Zawalski, presented to you by Innovate. This weekly podcast is designed for those of you that are looking for ways to be more efficient and effective in the gym without feeling like you have to max out every workout. We'll be covering topics relative to all aspects of fitness, and we'd love to spend time with you here each and every week, so get subscribed on all your favorite podcast apps and YouTube. Now on to the show. Ben Deasy, what's up? I, where are you, what, how do we pronounce your name? It's Deasy, Deasy I. O-H-N? It's John. O-H-N. It's John, but the Deasy I is pronounced like a J, just like your Zawalski. I'm super excited. Someone actually asked me the other day, how do you pronounce it? And I was like, well, uh, a podcast listener told me that it's pronounced Zawalski. I think that was, I still can't remember. Yeah, but anyway, no, no, thank right. you for the, for the listen, the listener who suggested the actual pronunciation for my last name. I appreciate you. And also the Walmart associate that told me the same thing like eight years ago. So this is I, good. I love making fun of those of you that actually have some sort of ethnic heritage, because when you ask my family, like, oh, we just walked up from Alabama, you know, like, I mean, that's, that's no joke, dude. That was my grandmother. Like, that's, that's our heritage. So where are y'all from? Well, just Alabama, just, just, just kind of migrated up. north a couple hundred miles. Yeah, we know. We were from Mississippi. So, you know, walking up from Alabama is like being from another country. It was great for us. It is very, very true. In the South, you refer to people from Kentucky. If you're from Mississippi, like, and someone lives in Kentucky, they're a Yankee. Like anybody north of us is a Yankee. You know, it's just the way it works. Yeah, that's true. Just don't have the heritage you do, Ben. Yep. I'm very, very heritage. I'm cultural. (laughs) I I think my, so my great, great grandmother came over from Poland. So that's pretty close. Do you know when? Do you know when she came over? Like in the late, I mean, great, great. That would have been what? 1800s. Yeah. I think oh, the late 1800s. My mom actually does all this genealogy stuff and she has us, has at least one part of my family directly on the Mayflower, which I think is pretty cool. Actually, no, hold on. I think it might've just been my great grandmother and it was in the 1900s. Man, I should ask more questions about my family. I, I'm a future focused individual. Okay. (laughs) I I like to think about the future and I'm like always, you know, dreaming about, you know, obviously scaling this podcast to impact hundreds of millions around the world, which, you know, we're well on our way here. But uh, yeah, there's some times where I should maybe take a little, take a little history lesson. But anyway, and we are for today's podcast. We are changing dozens of lives with this podcast. There's no doubt in my mind. At least six. I was not counting my mom and dad listening to it. And I appreciate it. Oh, Roy and Bev. Thank you. My parents don't even listen to it. They no. don't even know I have a podcast. I'll have to tell them one day. Well, there you go. Well, uh, before we get started, I want to talk about a couple of things. So um, there's a cool event going on. So you're familiar with Steve's Club, right? We talked about that earlier. Absolutely. Yeah. Steve's Club is an amazing organization. Now I, I hear they have a new name. Yeah. So now they're known as Forging Youth Resilience. So formerly known as Steve's Club. And they help underserved uh, youth uh, get leadership skills and, you know, they help them physical and mental strength for life, which I think is really, really cool. Like if you, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you don't like an organization to help kids, well, just go, just go away. You know, like you're helping kids. <laughs> go away, go away. Like they're helping kids, which I think is super cool. And they do that. They're doing fitness. this thing too, which is yeah. a whole, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's, yeah. They've got them doing CrossFit workouts and they're in gyms around the country and they just do a lot of really, really cool stuff. Um, okay. And without getting into too much detail, they have this workout fundraiser coming up in the month of October and they're trying to raise $90,000 for the organization. It's going to run from October 1st, October 31st, and you can do your workouts at home or from your gym. And again, they're, you know, they're trying to raise funds. So you can Go onto their website and register for this. And it's a huge help. And you're helping kids, which, you know, again, I think it's just, you know, a really, really great thing. So, you know, go check out their Instagram page, Forging Youth Resilience. There's a link right in there to to uh, donate and to register. And, um, yeah, help some kids, which I think is great. So, And you're helping kids through fitness, which I think is even better. Mental and physical resilience. Love it. Dude, I'm look, I've, you know, obviously I've talked about my kids. I have two kids and I've 
uh, for a couple of summers, my oldest ran AAU track. And so I spent a lot of time around, you know, kids in those teenage years and there are no better kids than, than kids that are like deeply involved in fitness, mm-hmm. what it does for them, uh, you know, from like a, a social uh, relationship status, like how they learn to interact with adults and each other and they learn discipline. And like, I could, I could go on for hours about all the things I learned watching these kids and just how what good people they turn out to be. You know? Yeah. There's something about when you, when you do difficult things, and even when you don't have to, I, I think that just like forges a strong mind and a strong body. It's like, yeah. we're, we're doing hard things for the sake of doing hard things. And when, especially if kids, you know, like they, they start to internalize that mindset. It's like, wow, uh, they're setting themselves up for, for success. Yeah. Look, it's just great. And, you know, I, I think the more we can challenge kids to get involved in fitness is better it is for their future life. And I just love the fact this, this charitable groups out there, like really doing it boots on the ground, you know, grabbing these kids and helping them. And it's just a cool thing. So go register, help them raise some money. I'm going to do it. And, you know, God forbid I have to sign up for another workout, but I'm going to do it, you know, just got to do it. Um, I'm going to do it too. Exercising. Yeah. Got to do more exercising. I didn't, I didn't get any of this week anyway. So I got to do something. Got to do something. Um, let's talk about our sponsor. You can, what have you tried of all this? Oh my gosh. You, I, ate, I ate every single one of the bars that they sent me. So I guess they, they didn't have the protein bars in stock, which I'm very excited to try out when they send me those. Um, but now on my recent hunting trip, I was in the woods and logged a lot of miles I think we did, I think we did like something like 40 miles in, in like two and a half days. It was, it was pretty epic. And, uh, it's all about keeping yourself fueled. And, and a lot of, like a lot of people make the mistake of like just eating beef jerky the whole time they're in the mountains. And it's like, your body doesn't necessarily want protein to use as a quick energy source. That's just, it's a, it's not ideal for your body. So I'm consuming carbs quite religiously when I'm out there. And man, they're like, I guess it was like cherry, some sort of cherry flavor. It was like cherry chocolate. I don't know. It was absolutely freaking delicious. So I ate every single one of them. Um, And yeah, I mean, I I can't necessarily say that it's like, oh, this bar improved my hiking performance, but I did. I felt fantastic on the mountain. I was hiking stronger and angrier than ever, which means I was hiking (laughs) fast and didn't have to take breaks. And I was able to to get in front of some very massive elk. So it was, uh, I, I very much enjoyed it. And I think the first bite I had, I turned to my buddy and I was just like, Oh my God, this is delicious. And I just ate every single one of them on like the first hike. So I ran out of them immediately, but whatever. All right. For all right, full dis- disclaimer here, the you bars don't give you anger. Uh, you made it sound. <laughs> they, they're not going to give you rage. Is a good thing. That means you're yeah. charging the mountain. So you had the you had the cherry berry almond energy bar is what you had. I had one of those this morning. So here's my story with it. This is certainly not prescribed by them. So I've been on a work trip the last two days. I've been up in Detroit in the nice section, not the murdery section, right? And I stayed in a hotel, really nice hotel. And they took us out to dinner last night. We went to this fancy dinner and you know had steaks and and drinks and appetizers and the whole deal. Well, we had a lot of drinks. A lot of drinks. And uh, I woke up this morning, we'll just say, feeling not so productive. You know, you ever get the end? I had to do a presentation. Not present- so productive. Yeah, and I had to do a presentation this Is morning. Is that what hangovers are called these days? Yes. Oh, this you. day was just a little less productive. Than less other. productive. So I wake up and I've got to do a presentation this morning and I'm already nervous. And so my stomach is like in knots over it and I'm not so productive. You can call it hungover. I'm going to say not so productive. And uh, I wanted to have a coffee, but coffee's super acidic and is not good for an upset stomach. I had the cherry berry almond energy bar in my bag because I, ca- I carry one with me almost everywhere I go. And I'm like, and I knew I wouldn't be eating until noon because it's a work thing. And I don't have time for breakfast because I got to do this presentation. And it's going to be another, you know, at this point, five hours until I eat. So I'm like, energy bar, let's go. Boom. And uh, it was great. And, you know. I was still hungry because it's just an energy bar. It's not like a full meal, but got me all the way through to noon and got rid of my nausea. And it's not an anti-nausea bar, but you know what I'm talking about? Like the knots. Yeah, sometimes it, it helps to put something on your stomach. 
Yeah, um, it was great. When I you're think, having a not so productive day, not so productive day. And, uh, you know, I drank some water and I was good and it got me all the way through to noon and big props to the cherry bear almond bar. I'm not saying it'll help your hangover, but it helped mine. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm it saying. Also, how like you help very large mountains very quickly with a heavy rock. On your <laughs> well, it's a staple. It is legit a staple in my workout routine. You know, anytime I know that workout's going to be an hour and almost everything I do is an hour end to end once you, you know, throw in warm up and cool down and like kind of what happens in between. And it's a lifesaver every time. Like, Well, I need hey. to reach out to them to see if they can ship me a, a box of 3000 of the bars so that Perfect. I don't run out next time. Perfect. Perfect. Better than, I was just smashing pop tarts in my last trip. So I felt like this was like maybe a good step in the right direction. I don't know. This is a Pop-tarts. huge upgrade to Pop Tarts. There's no Those doubt. Really good, if Pop Tarts wants to sponsor us, I'm down for that too. But since they're not, we'll go with UCAN. You guys can get a discount, 20% off. Uh, go to UCAN.co and use our code SCALE. There's a link in the bio of my Instagram page on the podcast page and my personal page. And uh, get your discount. So good Better stuff. Better than Pop Tarts, TM. That's, yep. that's, my, that's my trademark now. <laughs> Pop tarts are delicious, though. They are. Yeah, delicious. but these are these are better. I swear. They are better. They are better. I'm just not. I just don't want to. Just don't want to besmirch the deliciousness of pop tarts. Yeah. If saying. they made a brown sugar cinnamon flavor to compete with the brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts, that would. I might never have pop tarts again. But the brown sugar cinnamon flavor still exists, and thus I will still be eating a ton of pop tarts when I'm in the woods. <laughs> All right, let's hey, let's get into some listener questions. So I've gotten, dude, I'm still getting a boatload of listener questions because the last episode or episode before last, where we we're talking about how everyone was messaging, going, "Love the podcast." Now they're all coming in, going, "Hey, hate your podcast. It keeps me up at night." Like, no, uh, man, no, it was, uh, it was, hate <laughs> your podcast puts me to sleep really quickly at night or something yeah, like that. It's great, um, but I'm still getting some great questions. So I love that people are sending them in, and you know, just wanted to say out loud. I just really appreciate you guys that are listening and sending us questions because it makes us think um, and even question kind of what we do. So I think yeah. That's and cool. I love the coaches too. We've had some coaches reach out and say that they're listening to the podcast to learn how to coach their athletes better and how to scale things more appropriately and how to approach people who might not have similarly um, arranged aspirations to compete at the CrossFit games. You know, it's like, there's people out there that are doing this for different reasons. And uh, I, I'm really loving the fact that coaches are, are, are loving this as well. So yeah, good stuff. Well, let's jump we'll in. Hopefully not screw it up, John. Let's see what we can do today. Uh, we'll screw it up. All right. So here's uh, here's one from Joe Lefevre. And uh, Joe's a 45-year-old man. Question here, 45-year-old male, been doing CrossFit for six, maybe seven years. At this point in my life, I'm not as interested in maxing out big, heavy lifts. Same, Joe, same. Uh, due to a pretty solid family history of cardiovascular disease, I really want to, want to stay on top of heart health. So when we have days at the gym, when you've got lifts on the whiteboard, calling you to do, say, 80% of a one rep max for a couple of reps, I oftentimes find myself doing more like 60% because that higher percentage is just too taxing, especially if it's anything squatty. And, you know, I got old person knees. Those are his words, by the way. I didn't just fumble out squatty. Uh, some coaches understand people aren't looking for heavy, but others almost seem to be offended when athletes such as myself don't do the percentage on the board thoughts on trying to better explain that I'm trying to crush a Metcon versus hitting heavy PRs on lifts, or am I wrong about my thoughts? Thanks, John. That's a good question. I've experienced some of that myself, particularly the not wanting to go heavy part, but some of the other two. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Do you have old person, old man knees? When you are squatty? Um, I am squatty. No, I don't. Yes and no. I have days where I have old person knees, but like it's not. um, I think old person, first of all, I'm going to, some of this is, I hate to say it's a cop out because I don't know Joe. And, you know, people have different issues with their knees, but, you know, all things being equal, I'm not sure old people knees is a thing. Personally, like I think, you know, you might have a different range of motion than others that you have to look at, but I don't, you know, I don't always think that's an old person thing. Now there are days I've said this multiple times is there are days when you wake up as a, you know, he's 45 and I'm in my fifties, but where you wake up and you just don't feel as good and it takes you longer to warm up. But I never have a day 
where I can't get warmed up. Some days it just takes longer than others. Yeah. You know, my dad's anecdotally, my dad's um, knocking on the door of 60 and he very much has better knees at 59 than he did at 45 because I got him to start squatting heavy and thus his knees started feeling much better. So that's just one of kind of many examples that we have within our physical therapy side of wad prep. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, first of all, I would never say that you're like wrong in your thinking because like, you know, your body. And that's something that we've already always talked about. John is like, it's really important that like you are the keeper of your body, right? So you are the one that ultimately has the say you shouldn't rely on someone else to like tell you like, this is okay for you, or this is not okay for you. Sometimes you need to just go with your feel. However, there's a couple things there. Like just when I heard the question the first time, I was kind of waiting for there to be like the, the really common self-diagnosis of bad blank. Like there's a lot of people that say, oh, I got a bad shoulder. Oh, I got a bad knee or oh, I have two bad knees. And what's really interesting, what I've learned from the physical therapists on Wad Preps team is that a lot of times that thinking will will influence a lot of the feelings that you have, whether it's like actual quote unquote pain or whether it's your your sensitivity to discomfort. Uh, so long story short, it's like if if you go into something saying, oh man, you know, like when I do this, my shoulder always hurts and you like expect it to happen. It's almost like it's, it's like a predetermined destiny. But if you, if you flip the, the script a little bit and say, hey, there are some times that when I squat, my knees don't feel good. However, today I'm feeling pretty good. I'm going to squat to however, whatever feels good, maybe just slightly beyond what feels comfortable or, or right up to the edge. And then I'm going to assess without any preconceived judgments that I have bad knees or a bad back or or bad whatever, because what you'll find and what, again, like I'm using my dad as an example, because he's one that's like near and dear to me. It's like my dad for the longest time would explain to me how he couldn't squat because he was a catcher when he played baseball and then softball. And then he also ran into a table, like a coffee table that like hurt his knee so bad that he like got surgery on it when he was in his forties. And like, so all these things, so he's just, I got bad knees. And I, and I just remember being like, dad, the you thinking that you have bad knees and thus avoiding to use your knees only perpetuates the knee pain. Like you're like you avoiding doing anything that stresses your knees almost make your, makes your knees more fragile. So instead let's like, let's start our mornings. Let's just try 30 air squats every morning at body weight. And that's what, that's actually like what got him into CrossFit is because he started by like going ass to grass below parallel. And he hadn't done that in like 15 years or something like that. And he was terrified. And then like a couple months later, I remember he emailed me, this is while I was still in college and he emailed me and he's like, Ben, my knees are feeling better than ever. Like what the heck's going on? And then, and then like long story short is now my dad is squatting heavier weight than he ever has maybe since like high school or maybe even more. Like I'm pretty sure he's still setting lifetime PRs working with our physical therapist, uh, Dr. Joe, and his knees are feeling better than ever because he flipped that, that script of, I have a bad blank. And instead he said, let's see what my body's capable of. So I just like the long meandering story short, I would just really caution you to go into exercise, expecting lifting heavy weights to be bad for your heart, which maybe is one thing that you're thinking of, or you're like, I only do Metcons because I'm only here for heart health. I don't want to do any strength. Thinking that heart health and, and raw strength are like two completely related things. I would argue against that. I would say having whole fitness, which means you have the strength. And then you also have that cardiovascular endurance or, or heart health. Like these are, these are all interrelated things. You, you can't like, Marathon runners drop dead all the time, right? Like it, it's, right. It, it's not, it's not like just doing cardio is the only way to keep your heart healthy. 
And also doing strength exercises isn't necessarily going to lead you to have heart problems, right? It's like the, the, the thing that CrossFit does is it tries to prepare us for all aspects of fitness and general physical preparedness. So strength and lifting heavy ass things and squatting below parrot, like these are things that are functional is, is just as important as, as the cardio. So that's like, that's kind of my unpacking. And I'm sure I missed a couple of the points, but um, I would maybe flip the script in your head to say, I wonder what my body's capable of. And then it like also be cautious not to overreach. But my guess is it sounds like you're maybe a little tentative just because it's something that you either haven't experienced or you you're, you're pre-diagnosing yourself before the problem actually arises. So that's my like very broad assessment of what's there. I think your body is more capable of what you're giving yourself credit for. Yeah. A few things I would look at, like he says, you know, some coaches don't understand that people aren't looking for heavy They're you know, they get offended when you, you know, you're not looking to do their programming. Basically. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, it could be a combination that your coaches don't really understand what your goals are and you need to sit down with them and have a deeper conversation with them. That could certainly Absolutely. be part of it. I've run into coaches before and I've seen coaches get mad when they don't think you're, you know, lifting as heavy as you should. They think you're taking the way out. And again, I think that's where maybe prior to the lift, you need to go to your coach and reinforce what your goals are, particularly, totally. if that, you know, if that coach doesn't, know your family's history of heart disease and kind of your goals, it might be a time to talk about it. So I think those are, are, would be part of it. I do think you've got to look at what you're talking about, Ben, which is, you know, the comment about old person knees, like, you know, is, is that a real thing? And if it is, are you working on it? Maybe that's why they're mad. They don't think you're actually working on your problem. Maybe they know your problem, but don't think you're working on it. You know, a few things to think about. And I would, you know, just to piggyback on the, kind of the mindset of, Oh, I have this problem. Like if you go into something going, I have this problem and it's unfixable. Oftentimes that will lead to other problems because now you're not warming up whatever that is. So in this case, it's knees, right? So let's just say hypothetically, you're going to get old people knees. So now you're not warming them up as you should, because you think there's nothing you can do about it. Well, guess what's going to happen now you're going to have a hip injury or an ankle injury, or, you know, it's going to escalate somewhere else because it's all interconnected. And I'm telling you this from experience because I've had those moments where I'm like, oh, my knee hurts and I don't warm it up properly. Next thing I know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I pull something else and now that whole left side of your body hurts. You know, it's just, just a dumb mistake that you don't need to make. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I also agree with you, Ben, that, you know, I don't think these, you know, cardiovascular health and, you know, Metcons and lifting are exclusive of each other. Like mm -hmm. if, if you've never done 20 back squats and felt your heart feels like it's going to burst out of your chest, you know, 20 unbroken back squats, like you want to feel like what a cardio burn feels like, try that once. Yeah. Like that, that sucks. <laughs> and yeah. you'll stand there on rep 15 and you'll be breathing heavy and wondering why your heart's at a 160 beats per minute. And you would just won't understand it the first time, you know? And so I just think if I were going to give any advice here, it'd be like, Hey, go sit down with your coach, tell them yeah. about your family history, which by the way, is probably really important for your gym to know if you, God forbid, had a heart attack, they're going to be the ones reviving you. So it might Absolutely. be important for them to know. And you think it's never going to happen. I can give you real life examples where it's happened, you know, right here in my hometown. And it's happened. I mean, this is, uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but um, and that's really going to upset me, but a really good dude that I met at Masters Fitness Collective two years ago, uh, one of the top competitors, um, he, he passed away in, in, a, in the middle of a Metcon, you know, yeah. and it, you know, basically what happened is he had a, he had a pre-existing heart condition that was just a ticking time bomb. So it wasn't like cross, the doctor said that CrossFit probably was a great thing for him, but it was just, it was like Russian roulette. Um, yeah. you know, every single day. So the fact that he had such a healthy heart due to that, I mean, the dude could outlift me by a factor of 10, probably like he lifted heavy, he trained hard in Metcons and had this whole fitness. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's really smart to, to look at your training as they're not mutually exclusive. Like when you're doing CrossFit, like the goal is to be strong, but also flexible and fast and have endurance. You know, it's like all these, there's these aspects of functional fitness that all come together. It's, I think, maybe unwise to assume that because someone's programming something heavy that it's not for you. Because yeah. again, like 80%, like if you're saying you can't do 80%, that, 
that means you must have tested the one rep max at some point, right? So like, if if you're saying you're not as strong or saying you don't want to go as heavy, then like, then your one rep max is either inaccurate or needs to be adjusted. But like, if if I'm hitting 80% and John's hitting 80% and you're hitting 80%, like we're all getting the same stimulus and, and it's it's something that your coach or your, you know, the programmer has designed. I think it's really important that you maybe ask like, hey, you know, how is, how is lifting really heavy going to, going to help me? Cause here are my goals. Here's my history. What do you think about that? Cause they might have a really compelling argument and it could just be a lack of communication. That's causing like the frustration. Granted, I remember when I was really young, like when I started coaching at age 20 or 21 or something like that, I, I would have had a bro answer. I'd be like, bro, lifting heavy is fun. <laughs> you know, like, so I wouldn't have been a good coach in that instance. I wouldn't have known why, lifting heavy is good for you, but now I can come back with a more thorough response. So I think it'd be really cool to open up that line of communication and chat with your coach, chat, chat with, chat with the person writing the programming and be like, Hey, can you give me a little bit more insight about why this is going to help me achieve these goals and also help protect me from, you know, these, this, this injury that I feel like I have. And, you know, this, this pre-existing condition that I might have, let's, let's talk about it. Cause what you might find is that you guys are both on the same team. And yeah. we just we just haven't communicated yet. Talk to your doctor. That's Absolutely. important. Uh, I, I had somebody message me earlier a couple of days ago. I posted something of Nikki's and they were concerned of what she was doing coming off of pregnancy. And they're like, and I've talked to three coaches and they agree with me. And I'm like, do any of them have an MD? Because her MD cleared her. Like, you know, like it's important right. to talk to your coach. It's also important to talk to someone with an actual medical license. Yeah. <laughs> those are two Absolutely. different people, two different people. And I'm not discounting someone with the level one or level two. Like those guys are important too. They do hard work. But that's different and than MD. <laughs> it's, it is far different or than PT. someone. Yeah. They, you know, they can't diagnose your heart problem. They can yeah. resuscitate you most likely. Like most of them have a CPR license too, you know, but mm -hmm. I think it's important for you to, you know, talk to all the professionals, not, you know, not just one person. So, and on that note, like I really, I'm actually have another really good idea for a local here who would be a great podcast guest, but like, I will say this, like not all MDs are created equal. Um, some, some of them, unfortunately, like if you have an MD, that's like very, very scared of, of lifting and of doing fitness. Um, you might like, I mean, I know MDs, I remember uh, a doctor that I went to in college, uh, you know, just got referred to go to a doctor for something. And they were like, really, really overweight, drinking a Coke. And I'm pretty sure smelled like cigarettes. And I was just like, okay, like, this is interesting. So there's actually a guy here that has like, his name's uh, Dr. Nick, but he has this, he works for Steady MD, and he has this shirt that's like, does your doctor even do CrossFit? So it's just like, it does help if you have a doctor. Um, which I know not everyone has the choice of which doctor to go to. But if you have a doctor that is also someone who practices physical fitness and pursues fitness as they get older, like that's that's a doctor that I would really lean into. But there there are some potentially that are just like, here's a pill. Yeah, <laughs> stop yeah, stop yeah. doing this. Here's a pill for your heart problem. Yeah, agreed. I'm not saying doctors are infallible. I you know, get multiple yeah. opinions here, but don't discount an MD over a level one coach is my yeah, point. Yeah, for sure. You know, which, I'd say and, chances are the MD knows yeah. more about it, it, the human body. It goes, it goes both ways. I mean, look, yeah, I've been to doctor. I went to a doctor not that long ago that, you know, I'm six feet tall. You know, I think at the time I weighed 180 and they're like, uh, you're borderline obese. You need to try diet and exercise. I'm like, all right, first of all, a hole. Oh my God. <laughs> I am, you know, I exercise six, seven days a week. My diet's pretty darn good. I have a lot of muscle. Like just because I don't fit on your BMI chart doesn't, Dude, doesn't make me obese. You know? That BMI bull crap is absolutely, it's infuriating, especially because I was told by a similar doctor, it might actually have been the one I was talking about where they like weighed me in. I had started CrossFit a couple of years before and gained like 20 pounds of muscle. I was lean, really right. lean. And the doctor was like, yeah, seems like you're, um, like technically you're obese because I'm five nine and I weigh like right. one eighty five. It's like technically you're obese, but um, I, you know this is so interesting because you don't seem obese, and I'm just like, bro, <laughs> like do you like do you want me to lift up my shirt and like show right. you like be a be a bro and show you my abs to show you that I'm not like 
fat or obese. It was just like, right. it's, there, there are some old models that, that are still used that are just so unbelievably archaic. Um, so yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta choose wisely, um, with medical information, ask yourself, like, is this, is this someone who's one qualified to give me this advice? And two, are they someone who practice what they preach? Like, is this a, is this a fit individual that clearly in like does the things that I want to do as a human being? Um, the doctor I go to here out in Denver is like a triathlete who also lifts a lot of weight and she's a complete badass. And I'm like, yeah, I believe everything you say. <laughs> so well, so it's funny. It's funny. We kind of segued into this. This wasn't intentional, but the next question comes from Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann's actually a longtime listener or follower. I know her from my page. And um, you have a page? What page? I know. It's weird, right? It just, it's a tiny little thing. And uh, anyway, she goes, Hey, loving the new podcast. I'm a quote unquote young master's athlete. I'm not sure that wasn't a shot at me, but young master's athlete. She's 36. Started CrossFit as a scaled athlete and will always be a scaled athlete. Shout out, Carrie Ann. Uh, I'm also coming back from a hip injury and surgery, in quote, or in parentheses, not a CrossFit specific injury. So she had a hip injury, but wasn't CrossFit. Mm -hmm. I know you've touched on scaling for injuries, but I'd love to hear more about how more discussion on how to pick the right professionals to get you back into fitness after injury. I learned the hard way and found out my gym coaches were unhelpful and ill-equipped to even point me in the right direction. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, and then this is, was a great segue. One of the most important aspects, I think, when you're looking for a professional that's going to help you get back on track is look for a professional that practices what you preach. And I say that because there are some, like, there are some chiropractors, there are some physical therapists, there are some um, medical professionals that, that like do have this like personal vendetta against CrossFit. So you said chiropractor with such disdain. I don't know why that was. No, no, no. I mean, I, Dr. Justine that we had on the podcast, uh, last time she's, she's a chiropractor uh, and she knows her stuff. My buddy, Jimmy from back to movement here in Denver, he's a chiropractor. And like, I believe everything he says. So it's like, is it, it, there's very, <laughs> I didn't mean to say that with specific disdain. It's more of just disdain against the the professionals that like actively hate on crossfit because they or functional fitness or whatever because like they don't know anything about it and they're just like oh yeah no that's bad for you stop doing that um so i'd say when you're going to search for a professional a lot of times there are professionals that like have been there and done that and like know where you're coming from. So for you specifically, like I would look for a sports, like a sports PT, right? Cause a lot like some sport injuries, like the people who rehab NFL athletes and so on and so forth, like they understand, like we're trying to get you back to a level of performance where you can, where you can exercise or play a sport and yada, yada, yada. There are some where it's just like, we're just trying to get the pain away and then we're going to tell you never to squat for the rest of your life, which is ridiculous. So you, you do have to like pick and choose, but I would, I would err on the side of, of looking for someone that maybe does CrossFit or does functional fitness or, or, or lifts weights. Um, I would be surprised if there wasn't, you know, maybe your specific coaches at your specific gym don't know anyone, but there probably are a couple other CrossFit gyms in your area, assuming you're not from a, an extremely teeny tiny town. There's probably a couple other gyms in your area that, that might have a physical therapist, you know, working alongside them or might have a, a really well-qualified chiropractor that can point you in the right direction. The bottom line is you'll know you're doing the right thing when the person who's helping you is prescribing movement over pills, right? Is, is prescribing movement over a specific like electrical device that they shock you with. It's like, it's like if, if they're getting you to move and they're, and they're giving you different drills you can do, that's like moving your body through ranges of motion to help you rehab that hip. That's when you know you're heading in the right direction. It's the people, it's, it's the people who, who prescribe pills or say here, buy my fancy device. And then that's going to solve all your problems. Those are the ones you need to be wary of. And it's a tough choice, but my guess is that a couple of gyms in your area probably have partnered with someone who can at least put you on the right track. Look for the people in those gyms that are limping and ask them who they see. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You're laughing at me. Like, oh, Hey, look, if you want to find out 
like find the people that have injuries or have had them in your gyms and ask them, who'd you go see? Like, did you ask for referrals? Did you like them? What did you like? Why did totally. you, you know, why did you like them? Why didn't you like them? Like, you know, I, I mean, I've been doing this for a decade, so I've seen to your point, chiropractors come and go. I've seen PTs come and go. There's a lot of debate about those two terms, by the way. They don't like, yeah, yeah. PTs don't like the term chiropractor and chiropractors get really pissy if you besmirch the term chiropractor. It's a really interesting debate. It is. There is a, there's a, there's a whole vibe over there. It's a different show to to have. Matter of fact, we should have a couple on and let them fight it out. But we we had, we literally had uh, CJ PT. And Which Justine, is, chiropractor, both doctors. We'll, in do, own right. we'll do that next time. But and they got this, along great. Not always, though. But for this for this thing, we I would say. set up a fight. You're right. Yeah. I would say ask for referrals from members. Like, I don't always um, go to coaches for this sort of thing for a number of reasons. Number one, most coaches are stretched thin. Like, you got to keep in mind. We don't have know, the money for it. Yeah. Yeah. They, like. They don't have the time, the money, you know, you've got one coach for every 15 to 20 members in a lot of cases, if not more, like there's, they're really stretched then. And, you know, and a lot of them are, you know, and this, I don't mean this bad. They're just, they're young, you know, they don't have a ton of experience across all spectrums of fitness. They're good at CrossFit, but you know, they've got their level one, maybe their level two, but they don't have a lot of experience in like this stuff, you know, so they don't know. And they might self for saving money. I mean, I was a self rehab guy not knowing any better either. You know, I would just jam lacrosse ball into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I had no idea what I was doing and I've luckily learned from a couple people, but yeah, I agree. I think asking some members um, and I don't just ask one, like, cause there might be one person that's like, oh, I, I rubbed this crazy <laughs> uh, African jelly, you know, this a plant that they extracted the, you know, whatever from it. And then they turned it into a jelly. And ru- this, the only reason I'm saying this is one of our athletes said this, like cured his knee injury. He like, he's like, oh man, I t- had this special jelly that was extracted from this lead. Basically great marketing message. And it was like, I rub it on my knees and now I can run. Hey, whatever <laughs> works for you. But I would just say get multiple opinions. Yeah, I think that's... um yeah, I think multiple opinions is probably the way to go. I, you know, and, and beyond that, there also are plenty of online options to look at some of this. Now, I personally would rather have like kind of local to your point, like a movement doctor, like I have a PT, like when yeah. and if I have issues and it's pretty rare, but you know, there's a, a local PT I go to here that, um, is all about movement and, mm-hmm. and he uses some of those devices you talk about, you know, like, you know, you use a Mark pro and shock you and that sort of thing. But, for but, the do, most you, part, but do you move afterwards? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we're like, he has a full gym in the back and like we're squatting and we've got kettlebells and That's barbells and, and he's focused on making sure your you know knees and feet are in the right places and that you know mm-hmm. trying to figure out how much pain you have and and I think that's important, you know, to find someone like that, but there are plenty of online resources, you know, I uh you know you got CJ on your team is great. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm friends with Kelly Starrett uh from yeah. the Ready State, he's great. Um and you know there are dozens more just like those guys that you can look for that can you know give you some online options for uh, There are. Yeah, I mean if you like I know this is a super shameless plug, um, but seriously, like we always do free consultations. If you wanted to talk to our head PT that was on, was on the podcast last week, um, uh, just go to wadprep.com and then there's a tab that you click and there's like injury. It's like injury rehab and prevention. That's the tab to click. You can fill out the form, submit that. And yeah, if you have injuries, um, it's not particularly cheap to work one-on-one with our rehab team, but they they, they work extraordinarily well. Like I said, I've mentioned my dad many times. They, uh, they give you the exact workouts, the exact reps. They do video coaching for you. They like teach you how to move. They, you know, obviously have a video consultation where it's like, Hey, where does it hurt? Why does it hurt? Or like, does it hurt when you do this? Okay. What about this? And, and they really walk you through that whole like stair step model that CJ was talking about in the last episode. And um, the results are extraordinary. And it, like, ideally what we try to do is only work with people a couple months because by the time you've worked with them a couple months, then you're ready to go and, and fly on your own. You know, <laughs> I, that, I, for everyone listening, I was doing a, a, the um, Napoleon dynamite butterfly. Um, hand thing. I liked it. I liked but it. yeah, it, you find someone, get some consultations, whether it's local or, or remote coaching can actually 
do very well, um, especially if you can work out from the comfort of your own home or if your gym lets you, you know, do a little bit of accessory work to the side, then remote coaching could be a really good choice. Last thing to think about, and then we'll move on to the next question. Uh, I don't have any idea who Carrie Ann works for, but if you work for like a large corporation like I do, many corporations offer, they'll have like employee assistance programs and they'll offer links to chiropractors, physical therapists, fitness gyms, like, and you'll get discounts and, and referrals, you know? And so oftentimes it's a resource for people if you're out in the corporate world, you know, I don't ever use it, but you know, works for those of you that don't know people. What is a corporation? (laughs) I've never heard of such a thing. Uh, It's a ridiculous life to have Ben. What is a desk job? Also a ridiculous life to have. Here I am sitting at a desk though. I know. Yeah, but you, you own the desk. Yeah, All but right. I'm wearing a tank top, so come on. Yeah, you, know. you are. You're showing off the guns tonight. They look good. Good for you. You've been doing curls? I like that. Yeah, curls for the girls, man. Look at me. You have a full-length mirror there at the Wide Prep headquarters where you're standing in front of it? and I cannot no. confirm nor deny such things exist. You'll have to visit and, and we'll do a joint podcast yeah. together here in the studio. <laughs> Getting out the 15-pound... The dumbbells and just sitting there doing curls for hours. It's great. Ankle weights, man. I'm here at the computer using my phone. I just take weights and wrap them around my forearm. So everything I do is a bicep curl, you know? There you go. All right. Here's one that was going to allow you another shameless plug, but I have some differing opinions. So we'll get into it anyway. I like the way this one starts. So this one, who's this from? I don't have his name. How do I not have his name on here? I'll have to figure it out later. And, and we'll, you, we'll say his name is Pedro. Pedro says, uh, podcast sucks and helps me fall asleep at night. Uh, (laughs) thanks Pedro. Uh, heard to try that instead of struggling with saying how great the podcast is. Now I'll say podcast is great. Listen and it's playing every Tuesday. All right. Thanks Pedro. Uh, curious how successful effective can the non-affiliate member garage gym owner be when following a virtual only uh, compete program, compete being the key word here. And then he lists mayhem, hard work pays off, proven, etc. Uh, is it even possible to elevate to potential games level without a designated affiliate gym? Do you want to go first? Or do you well, since go? you're going to just talk about wad prep, I probably I'm, I'm actually, I'm not necessarily going to talk about wad prep. I have a very, there are right, the first thing that needs to be asked in this specific equation where are you starting from? How far away are you from the end desired result, which is games level athlete? How, what age division are you? How far away from that? Let's say the AGOQ. So making the top 200, I believe is what it is. How far away are you from that? If the answer is very, very far away, then I would say it is extremely difficult to get to that level without coaching. The coaching doesn't necessarily have to be in person, which that's where I would plug wad prep masters. Like you could get remote coaching and and still follow a competitive master's program, yada, yada, yada. However, if you are like, if you're trying to get to 100 and you're only at two, that's a really big leap to go. But if you're trying to go from, I'm actually going in the wrong direction. If you're, if you're like 10,000th, 10,000th in the world, and trying to get into the top 200, that like that's a pretty pretty far climb. But if you're like, I don't know, 500, or or you're like knocking on the door, then doing it remotely on your own is much more feasible. So that that's just like my first little caveat. Well, so here's my first thing. First of all, I got the guy's name, so it just has the letter T. That's why I didn't have a name. And uh, but his Instagram. Yeah, Tito, but his instant name is It's 2-3. All right, so It's 2-3. Uh, I, I do appreciate the compliments of the podcast, Sox, so thank you for that. Um, I would say, at least it's been my experience watching people train for the games, that it's really hard without an individual coach, whether that's virtual or in person, I think is irrelevant. I think you can do a virtual because I've seen games athletes that have coaches that aren't with them in the city that they live in yep. and they have a lot of success through the programming and, and, you know, they video their lifts and the video, their Metcons and you can get, you know, uh, feedback back and forth. And it's really no different than if they were there, there's just a time delay for whatever that's worth. But I think there's a lot of value in having someone give you critical 
feedback as opposed to just doing their programming. And this, you know, the, all the programming you mentioned, hard work pays off, proven, mayhem. I don't know much about Matt's programming, but I've seen mayhem and proven, and they're both really good programs. But no offense to either of those guys, programming is kind of programming. You're only going to get out of it what you put into it, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, and are you getting feedback? Like, are you, are you being coached yeah. in any way, shape or form? Or are you just submitting a score on a leaderboard? Yeah, that's the point. I mean, look, Shane's a brilliant dude at, you know, who does proven. And yeah. I love that guy. I, yeah. Shane Orr's as smart as anybody in the sport and Rich Froning's as smart as anybody in the sport. So Absolutely. I certainly would not say that their programming is not great, but at the end of the day, a thruster is a thruster. Like, I don't care if you're doing 12 reps or 15 reps, however they're programming it. You need someone to see you doing it and give you feedback on how to be more efficient and, and your breathing and, you know, where your hands are and all those little things that go into it. So I think you need, I think, yes, I think you can do it without being at an affiliate, but I think you need a coach. And truthfully, I think you need more than one. Yeah. My opinion. Um, and again, it, it's so hard. To, it's so difficult to, um, it's it, like every answer I give, it's a big, it depends. Uh, because for me personally, like if I was in that situation, I could say with confidence that the best move, like, I guess to answer your question, would it be possible to qualify? Yes, it is. And I, I again, don't necessarily think that any of the templated programs are the path to get you there. Because like, and this go, this is the same with Wad Prep Masters. Like, you know, CJ writes a, a templated program and then, and we don't know your specific goals as an athlete. So the chances of us being able to fill in the holes that are preventing you from making it to the games are very slim, right? right. If, you, if you're truly trying to make it to the games and you're a garage athlete, the absolute best scenario is to get a one-on-one coach that can coach you. They can watch you on video. They can give you feedback and then they can strategically program for you to make sure that you are filling in all the gaps. Like we have a couple athletes right now working with the one-on-one team that we've qualified for the games specifically because of that. They moved over from, you know, a a high competitive, I'm not going to drop name drop, but like they moved over from competitive training programs on the internet. And then they were like, I'm not making the progress as much as I was. I'm just competing against the leaderboard and I have no one to keep me accountable. don't know if I'm moving right, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, Hey, like if you're serious about it, then pay quite a bit more money and come get one-on-one coach by our coaches. And, and that's helped people make it to the games. It doesn't matter who you choose as a one-on-one coach necessarily. Like there's plenty of fantastic one-on-one coaches out there from all different companies, but a one-on-one coach will be able to hold you accountable to work on your weaknesses. Because a lot of times when we follow these templated programs, we get a couple of just like home runs every single week. And yeah, it makes you feel good about yourself because it's, you know, thrusters and pull-ups and you can crush thrusters and pull-ups, but guess what? A really freaking good coach isn't going to give you those wheelhouse workouts very consistently, especially in the off season. They're going to hammer your weaknesses. And that's something that template programs tend not to do. They won't find and hammer your weaknesses. So it can be done, but the chances of it are unlikely. I'll give you a personal testimony. It was really funny. Actually, uh, one of the listeners sent me a a DM last week and said, Hey, I was getting a tattoo done. And my tattoo artist said, he listens to your podcast and he used to coach you. And I'm like, Oh my God, would you get tattooed by speed? And this is guy's name. He was my run coach. Best name ever for a run coach. His name is literally speed. It's his actual name. How right. did his parents know? Well, it's his last name. His first name's Ryan. But so um it's still, how did his great grandparents know? That's I incredible. Know, right. And that like he's a great runner and his name's Speed. And uh so that's the summer I was coached by him. He was coaching at our gym and he started doing run coaching for members that wanted to do it. And it was an extra to your point, it was an extra charge. It, you know, you paid your 150 bucks a month for your gym membership, and then he was charging, you know, an extra 50 or 100 bucks a month for this run coaching. And I was a really crappy runner. I was running like a 10 minute mile and I'm like, all right, I'll go do this for a summer, 90 days, you know? And in that 90 day period, I went for running 10 minute miles. I think by the end of the summer, I hit a PR of like 618 was my mile. Right. And it was because I had somebody sitting there watching me going, your feet are landing in the wrong place. You know, your hips are wrong. You're hinging incorrectly. 
And, you know, he, they could have easily just written me out all the same workouts, 200 meter, 400 meter, 600 meter, repeated eight times, like whatever, you know, tempo runs, all that stuff we were doing, but he's out there running with me and literally videotaping and what, and playing it back in slow motion. So I could look at it Mm -hmm. and showing me where my hips should be and where my feet should be. And, uh, and it made me a much better runner in a really short period of time, not because, I was doing anything physically different. Right. It wasn't like the programming was different. It's like, whoa, it wasn't even, it wasn't even different effort. Like the effort wasn't different. It's movement. Yep. Yeah. And it was was the feedback and the response from the feedback that was, that was really important that really helped me. And even today, like I I was, I was in the car with my daughters a couple of days ago and some woman was out running and I'm looking at her, I'm like, look at that idiot, the way she's running, you know, it's like, because I've been coached enough to know when someone looks bad when they're running. I know I am. Um, and you know, I don't run well now, so it's even funnier, but, uh, but that's the point of having a, a really terrific coach or, and someone who's there with you, giving you the feedback and yep. really like, you know, giving you the specifics of what you're doing wrong and it's, it's worth the money. So I would say, yes, you can do it, but you got to pony up the dough yeah, and, and be willing to be willing to be coached. That's the other piece is like, if you're going to do it, don't be a stubborn student. You got to go into it going, all right, I'm not good at this. And whatever they say goes, I'm going to do it. And, and be willing to embrace the pain of hitting workouts that like, so if I had a, if I had a, a one-on-one coach and my goal is to make it to the games, you know what I'd be doing? I would be running and rowing and doing all the things that I hate. Like, yeah, it'd be like just pure running repeats and pure rowing repeats and air, air bike sprints, no barbell, no gymnastics, none of the fun stuff because the coach would know that that's what I need. And if my goal was to get to that level, I would, I would swallow that pill and say, yep, I, I'm pumped to do this. Let's make it happen. So that's like, that's real. That's what's going to get you to the games the fastest. You definitely can follow a template. If you're not getting feedback, it's very difficult to make progress especially if you need need to make leaps and bounds worth of progress if you're like teetering right on the edge then my second piece of advice would be like i think it's better if you're throwing down with other people that are at or above the level that you are preferably a little bit above when i was training i was following um a competitive program i followed like competitive crossfit invictus and outlaw like we're talking like nine years ago and I was doing a lot of that alone. Sometimes I'd have a training partner, which would still push me, but it was kind of like this sometimes alone, sometimes with the training partner, but the program was really good. Very long. Jeez. It was like three and a half hours. Program was really good. And I saw great gains, but nothing compared to when Gary Helmick was like, he owned a gym CrossFit revamped. That was pretty much down the street from blue crab CrossFit, the gym that I owned. Amazing. Super nice guy. Gary was like, Hey, just come train with me. He's a games athlete. And I was like, uh, okay. Cause we had done a couple competitions together. Uh, we weren't like, it's so funny. Like in, I know some CrossFit gyms like hate each other and they're like competitors. We were literally like bros. We're like, oh man, like, yeah, if my member wants to get super competitive, we're going to send them over to revamped and revamped was like, Hey, if you're, if you just want to like drink beers after a workout, go to blue <laughs> crap, you know? And it's just like, that was us. So anyway, I started training with Gary And like, even if the programming was like, I think sometimes like crazy, like it wasn't like, it was like pure old school CrossFit, not like the the highly intelligent programming. He would just make it up on the spot. I can tell you right now, my results went through the roof because I wanted to be Gary because I wanted to try to hang. I wanted to see how, how hard I could push it and being next to someone with the mindset and the engine and the abilities like Gary and me just like trying everything I could to keep up with them. And, and then like high-fiving and hugging after workouts and just like broing out, that took me to the, to the next level. So like, there's just something about that. And just look at Rich Froning's training camp, if you want to see that. Like when all these games level athletes get together and start working out together, or Matt and Tia, right? <laughs> when they start training together, you create powerhouses. Right. If they trained in a silo and alone, they wouldn't be as good as training together. So that's my, my second major point. Well, people have this misconception that rich doesn't get coached. Rich gets coached. You know, like that's the point of all this is like, you can, you can certainly do it out of a garage gym to your point. If you have someone significantly better than you that you're chasing, because you're still learning from them. 
Yeah. Or like Froning and Dan Bailey and whoever the heck else was like, yeah, they trained out of their garage, but they also trained with the best in their little group and just kept pushing each other. They had Chris Henshaw. Yeah. Like, let's, you know, let's not act like they didn't have a coach. Chris Henshaw is arguably the greatest coach CrossFit has ever seen. Like, you know, they had uh, Mike Bergner in there teaching them lifting. I mean, come on. (laughs) You know, like like these guys have had real coaches in there. Um, And to your point, they're chasing each other too. So, you know, there's a lot, you know, more to it than just that. But um, I don't think you have to be an affiliate, but I think you need a coach. That's my opinion. And And at the very least, you need to fill in your, like, even if you're like on a budget, like a shoestring budget and you can only afford, you know, the $40 a month for whatever program you're following. Um, you still need to, you need to pony up a little bit of extra money to get programs or courses or wad prep programs to <laughs> fill in the gaps in your game. Cause you probably know what your gaps are and you need to attack those and just following a template program probably isn't going to attack those gaps as much as they should. Yeah, you might want to think about if you got a coach, maybe it is a very specific skill coach. Like for running is a skill, gymnastics yeah, is a skill, swimming is a skill. Like there's some things that you're really going to struggle to teach yourself or even go out and compete against people if you don't actually have someone teaching you even just the fundamentals of it. Whereas I think a lot of people that get into CrossFit already have some sort of background in lifting. So, you know, or or they may have a background in gymnastics. You just have to figure out what you haven't done and and get somebody to coach you through it. Yep. Um, so good question though. I like that. Great question. Well, this is fun, Ben, more questions from listeners. So I appreciate you guys sending them. I hope, uh, we keep getting more. Feel free to tell us if we suck or we're great. It's all the same to us. We, you'll get yeah. on either way. Um, yeah, what we'll do you ignore have, you. We're, that's fine. What do you have coming up? You're going out of town next week. I am very excited. I'm going to Maine, uh, to Acadia national park. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, please, Shoot me a DM at WADPREP on Instagram if you have suggestions for things I can do around Acadia National Park. When you're listening to this, I'll kind of like already have been there for a few days. So hurry and message me immediately uh, so that uh, I can know what to do out there. And if you're in the area, hit me up because I'm sure me, my dad and my bros might be down to come come hit a workout. Maybe we'll see. What do you do in Maine? Do you go, do you go, do you do fishing in Maine? You do trail? We're going to Acadia National Park. Um, and that's all I know. If there's no fishing that happens, or I think we'll definitely play pickleball, obviously. But yeah, I'll be pretty, pretty depressed if there's no fishing because I need to go outdoors because I've been living outdoors and I'm, I miss it. And then we have the Rogue Invitational, um, in a month's time, uh, of recording. So that's going to be really exciting because we'll be hitting podcasts from the Rogue Invitational, from the Innovate booth, wearing Innovates. It's going to be sick. Uh, Actually, we haven't even talked about this, so this is awkward. Uh, We won't be doing it from the Innovate booth. We're going to be doing it from the UCAM booth. Oh, Innovate can't make the trip. Damn COVID. Because of COVID? COVID shutting them down. They can't come. I am so angry at coronavirus. (laughs) I am pissed. I know. I was too. I wanted to meet Fran and the whole team. Booth. That was my whole plan. I know. Well, it's all right. As soon as I found out, I meant to message you. As soon as I found out, I reached out to UCAN and they're like, well, I guess. And I'm going to steal freaking cherry almond bars. Yeah. So we're going to, we're actually, we're going to do a couple of meet and greets while we're there, which should be fun from the UCAN booth. And uh, we will record some podcasts. And, uh, you know, and mainly I'm just looking to see where the party's at for Halloween because it's Halloween weekend and I'm, I'm so excited to be around a bunch of CrossFitters for Halloween weekend. It's going to be amazing. Perfect. It's going to be, what am I going to be for Halloween? I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm going to be an elk. (laughs) I'll wear antlers. You guys heard it here first. Ben's going to be a furry. Okay. Good stuff. All right, Benjamin. So fun as always. Appreciate it. And uh, for everyone listening, thanks for joining us. We'll be back every Tuesday. So send us your questions via DM or uh, right on the post. You can drop your questions in there. And uh, if we like them, we'll use them. So we'll chat, we'll chat with you guys soon. Hold on. One more thing. Oh, if one more in, thing. If you're in Mexico City, I'll be there for a week as well in mid-October for a business conference. Looking for a gym, friends, food recommendations fishing who knows but i'll be there for a week mexico city never been there super stoked want to meet crossfitters 
I feel like you're using this podcast for like a, it's like your own Tinder app now. It's my friendship app. Yes. Friendship app. Friend, I'm friends, not using it for Tinder. Who his friend, Tinder. His friendship with benefits app. Okay, everyone. Well, thanks ah. for listening. And if you guys want to hook up with Ben, check him out in Mexico City. We will chat with you guys soon. Eat Take tacos. Care. That's what we're going to do is eat street tacos. Apparently. All right. Thanks. Take care.